If you want 2024 to be your best running year, it is essential you have a customized training plan tailored to your race schedule and ability level. That's why I'm pumped to have Motive sponsoring the podcast. You can use the app for free, but if you want two months of premium access, you can use code SMARTER2. Sign up at mymotive.com. The link will be in the show notes. On today's episode, does cadence change with running speed? Let's find out. Welcome to the Run Smarter Podcast, the podcast helping you overcome your current and future running injuries by educating and transforming you into a healthier, stronger, smarter runner. If you're like me, running is life, but more often than not, injuries disrupt this lifestyle. And once you are injured, you're looking for answers and met with bad advice and conflicting messages circulating the running community. The world shouldn't be like this. You deserve to run injury-free and have access to the right information. That's why I've made it my mission to bring clarity and control to every runner. My name is Brody Sharp. I'm a physiotherapist, a former chronic injury sufferer, and your podcast host. I am excited that you have found this podcast and by default become the Run Smarter Scholar. So let's work together to overcome your injury, restore your confidence, and start spreading the right information back into your running community. So let's begin today's lesson. Okay, let's dive into today's topic. It's going to be, uh, it's going to contain a few things. It's going to contain my experiences, the experiences of, say, people have commented on Facebook, uh, some science, some literature that I've managed to pull up, and some tips at the end. And so, let me pull up my notes. So, the topic today is all around cadence, so your step rate, and is it influenced by your running speed? And why I decided to do this is because I constantly talk about cadence as one of the most important aspects when it comes to a runner. And if I'm seeing a runner online, if they're injured, I always ask just generally what's their running cadence. And they sometimes say, well, it depends, doesn't it? Doesn't it depend if I'm doing a slow run compared to like my interval sessions? Um, And then sometimes if I tell them to try increasing their cadence and to try um, quickening up their steps, they either run too fast or think they should be running faster. And so because that is very common um, that I see day-to-day just just talking to runners all the time, I thought this would be a really interesting topic and, yeah, something that I can direct people to if they have any questions um, in the future. I can just point them to this episode. Um, I did explain Cadence um, on an earlier episode. It was episode six. It was called Watch Your Step, um, Calculating Cadence. And... If you wanted, if you're not too sure what cadence is, you probably want to go back to that because it contains a lot. I, I go more into detail around the foundation, but I do have in my notes here just to give a, a brief spiel about what it is. So your cadence is your steps per minute, um, how many steps in your running cycle that you take for every minute that you run. And everyone's cadence is different. Everyone's cadence um, can also change. So... If you um, observe a runner who has quite a high cadence, they're taking, they're not running any faster, but they're just taking shorter steps. Their turnover rate is quicker. And so you can have two runners run side by side and have different cadences, but you might observe if the the runner who has a lower cadence, um, they tend to 
bounce up and down a lot more. They tend to just feel, they look like they're running um, on the moon. They're just, uh, what we call their vertical translation is quite large. Their amplitude, they're moving up and down at quite a large amplitude. And so, um, yeah, that's what cadence is. Um, why is it important? Well, for the, for the runners who are running with their cadence quite low, sometimes too low, they're best off to increase their cadence to improve their running efficiency. And so this is what the research shows. You need to find your ideal range in terms of your cadence uh, in order to be more efficient, in order to feel less out of breath, in order to increase your running performance over a longer period of time. And what the uh, what the ideal kind of cadence zone is depends on you as the individual, which um, we go into a bit of more detail with episode six. So go back if you're not familiar. Um, how do you measure it? The You can just simply measure it with like a metronome, um, maybe film yourself running first, potentially on a treadmill, and then just see how many steps you take per minute. Just get a metronome app on your phone and then just um, tap the screen every time you step on uh, in the video and then it will automatically generate your cadence. Um, you can get that same app like mid run, pull out your phone, tap the screen every time you step and it'll just tell you display on the screen what your cadence is. Um, so yeah, I thought um, I did this with the last episode regarding um, glute inhibition and what people have been told and what their experiences have been like. And I thought it was quite nice. So I asked the patrons again. So the lovely um, listeners who are contributing uh, monthly to the show. And I like to say thanks by giving them a, a VIP access or the VIP experience. Um, but just thought I'd ask them, um, might've posted this a couple of weeks ago at the time you're listening to it now. Um, but <laughs> at the time of recording, it was yesterday and got a couple of responses. I put in the post, um, hello, my trusted tribe. I'm thinking about doing an episode around cadence versus speed. Did you notice, um, do you notice a fluctuation in your cadence when you're running at different speeds or on different terrain? Please let me know and what your experiences are and those sort of things. And so what do we have? We have Melody who said, I tried to change my cadence for six months. I ran with my watch on metronome. So she's, I guess, running to the beat. Um, it naturally led to faster running. So increased her speed which was exhausting. As soon as the metronome was off, my cadence dropped back and it's now my natural kind of cadence. And um, I did further ask for further clarification around what numbers, like what her cadence was. She said, I'm running around, I'm around 160 and I think I tried to run at 170. I'm more of a shuffler, trying to focus on the heel kick up at the moment, um, which feels that's more powerful when I run. Just tiring also. So thanks, Melody. Uh, Janine, let me expand that comment. Janine says, my cadence is very slow, or I should say um, low, and I've tried working on it. I found that focusing on the movement of my arms was definitely better than focusing on my legs, which is a good strategy to use if you, because your reciprocal movement, if you um, move your arms quicker, then you, uh, if you're in a running technique, then you have to move your legs quicker. So that could be a good technique. 
uh, when I focused on my arms and the legs seemed to follow. So upping the cadence from the point of view was easy. I just wish I just wish coaches would say it because I've also had to listen to a metronome approach, which also didn't work on its own. I think the podcast would be great. Um, one question is why is 180 considered to be a goal? I, okay, so um, this was a theory that I'm not sure where it originated from, um, but even when I graduated, people thought that the ideal cadence that everyone should have is 180 steps per minute. So your cadence should be 180. And I think a running coach, um, an Olympic running coach, don't know who it was, um, studied runners in the Olympics and found that they all ran at a cadence of 180. And so they just thought um, by that, that sort of evidence, by that finding that everyone should run at 180. And so that's the only science that's actually backed up. But listening to Dr. Izzy Moore um, around running economy, we know that this isn't true. We know that everyone has their own optimal cadence but it's not 180. It depends on the individual. And it could be in a range somewhere between 165 and 185. Um, it's finding your ideal cadence is the is the goal. Um, but if you are somewhere between 165 and 185, you're probably okay is where I, um, I like to lie. Um, continuing with these... You aren't a template. So your training shouldn't be either. The Motive app takes training plans written by the best coaches in the world, then creates the most optimal training plan for your schedule, abilities, and goals. It's such a good idea, which is why it is one of the fastest growing training apps in the world and has thousands of age group athletes signing up every month with a near perfect 4.9 star rating. It will even plan triathlons, cycling events, duathlons, and other events if you're branching away from running races. You can use the app for free for as long as you want, with the premium access being just $19.99 per month. But if you use code SMARTER2, you can get two months of full premium access. Sign up through their website, mymotive.com, and make 2024 your best year yet. Facebook comments. So Erin, one of the other patrons, asks, my cadence is pretty good, even though it's very low or very slow. I think um, because I'm short, always between 175 and 180 at an easy pace. When I do tempo or short hard intervals, my cadence goes up to 188 to 190. So it's quite high. Um, and the evidence would back you up with that, Erin. The shorter you are, the, um, the more your optimal cadence will be at a higher rate. Whereas someone who's tall and lanky, their ideal cadence would be in a lower spectrum, in a lower kind of register. And so, yep, I guess that's why you've found that. Damien, what does Damien say? I've spent a lot of time trying to improve my cadence. Or let me just expand his comment. I've spent a lot of time trying to improve my cadence. I was always thinking about trying to shorten my stride and get the foot down faster. I then slightly changed to slightly changed my gait to lift my knee and pull forward, which was a surprise improvement of my cadence that averaged 172, um, or two average 172. So he's built it up to, to that number, which is totally fine, totally fine range. I do find when I try to get much higher, my heart rate goes up with it. Um, I'm hoping when you increase that 
um, your speed doesn't also increase, but we'll, we'll see. Um, my stride length is around 100, uh, one meter, 1.15 meters, which I was ignoring chasing a higher cadence. I seem to have found the balance for me. Um, seems right. If you've increased your cadence um, and it's at 172 and you find that if you try and go higher than 172 that your heart rate increases, I think you found the balance as well. I, I wouldn't change it. Um, he then asks, I also have a friend that I run with um, that always has a really high cadence, 180 plus, but after running with him recently, I've discovered he tends to shuffle and he's very heavy with his landing. Sounds like a herd of elephants. <laughs> okay, so um, yeah, it, it, I think the strategy that people use, um, sometimes some cues, it might not be influenced by cadence. Um, I know I've spoken to runners in the past that feel like they just want to feel like a runner and they feel like a runner when they hit the ground harder and, and kind of push off harder. So maybe your friend requires a little bit of um, cueing because we don't, we definitely don't want to contact the ground harder as a runner. Jesse, um, Jesse asks, oh, well, comments. <clears throat> Interesting. Looking at my running history right now, it looks like my cadence tanks to 140 to 150 when I start going above a 10 minute, uh, above 10 minute miles. And so I guess that's um, just like one of your really, really slow, really easy runs. Everything else faster than 10 minutes per mile seems to be around 172. So a huge drop in cadence, um, depending on Jesse's speed. Uh, so if you go from above so you've gone from a cadence of 172 all the way down between 140 and 150 when you drop your speed. Um, okay, Jesse continues. I did not notice this until you asked and looked through my history right now. <laughs> um, I'm glad this sort of sparks this sort of conversation. It's been all, all road running. Looking at my trails, it also seems like it's closer to 150 for whatever reason, maybe because I'm generally running over 10 minute miles on trails. I usually try to shoot for 12 minute miles or faster on my trail runs, which I usually do at least 100 plus meters of elevation gain per mile. Don't know what that seems or if that's helpful, but there you go. Cheers. Thanks, Jesse. And lastly, we have Stephanie. I've been suggested to improve my cadence from my usual 160 up to 170, 180. My physio suggests it to help with knee pain. I can't seem to get much faster than 170. It feels unnatural. Um, so thanks, guys. I think definitely with knee pain, if you have constantly have knee pain, um, it has been suggested in the research that if you increase your cadence by 5 to 10%, significantly reduces your knee loads, reduces it by about 15% per step. And so quite significant. I hope that um, like maybe that jump. So if you go from your usual 160 up to 170, um, that's sort of like that 5% um, increase, 5 to 10% 5 to increase. So um, that might be enough. And yeah, hopefully that's, um, it's good to get a whole bunch of those perspectives. And so thanks to you guys. Thanks to the patrons for commenting on that. Um, what does the research show when it comes to cadence and speed? So there was a nice article that I found and the title was muscular strategy shift in human running dependence of running speed on hip and ankle muscle performance. It was by Tim Dawn and colleagues in 2012. 
And they commented on a whole bunch of things in this paper, like the requirements of certain muscles at different speeds. Um, But they also mentioned the manipulation of cadence when it came to speed. And so they had a whole bunch of runners um, that ran at different speeds and they commented on the cadence as well as all the muscle um, forces that were generated. But we'll just keep to the cadence for now. And so I have the graph in front of me. Uh, they The running speed, they used meters per second, which I'll um, talk you through in a second. So if we've got a graph going from left to right, and it's going from two meters per second to four meters per second to six to eight to 10 meters per second, and the data um, within that sort of falls within uh, somewhere between three and a half meters per second, all the way up to nine meters per second. So we're going from running um, still quite fast to absolutely full out sprinting. Not many people can run at nine meters per second. You're looking at hundred meter sprinters. Um, So that's what they've gone with. They've increased the speeds um, up to that point and then had a look and seen what their, what their cadence is like and what their stride length is like, which is how um, your greater steps. And so what I'm looking at here is anywhere between three and a half meters per second all the way up until seven meters per second, the cadence hardly fluctuates. So the cadence stays quite similar. And it's not until you go beyond seven meters per second upwards that the cadence increases significantly and the stride length uh, levels out. And so the um, research paper says, I, I um, quoted it here, Uh, the percentage increases in stride length was greater than that of stride frequency as the running speed increases. So they used as it from increases from 3.5 meters per second, which is 12 kilometers per hour, which is, you know, uh, a good kind of run might be someone's um, not a slow run. They're not jogging, but um, some people could be really comfortable at 12 kilometers per hour, um, which is 7.5 miles per hour. I, um, converted before um, hitting record. So if you increase from 3.5 meters per second, 12 Ks per hour, all the way up to seven meters per second, which is 25 kilometers per hour or 15 miles per hour, um, which would well fall within almost all recreational runners who are just doing their five, 10 Ks, marathons, half marathons. Um, I don't know too many recreational runners that are doing their runs greater than 25 kilometers per hour, but the research shows that it's not the increase in cadence. You don't increase your cadence. You actually increase your stride length. So the cadence stays the same, but you take bigger steps. That's how a runner would increase their speed. Um, that's the strategy that runners use when they increase their speed. They just increase the the biggest, they just take bigger steps because they're pushing off the ground with more force and clearing and generating those bigger steps, but the cadence stays exactly the same. That's what the research has shown. Um, But then there's kind of like this tipping point. Once you get to seven meters per second and beyond, the cadence actually stays, the, uh, the cadence actually increases and the stride length changes or plateaus. And so there's this tipping point at seven meters per second where you just, it seems like you just can't simply take bigger strides 
And so the body, in order to get faster, you just have to take more strides. So you increase your cadence. So hopefully that made sense to you. But I guess if we were to just put a blanket statement over it, so cadence isn't really manipulated by a change in speed, especially with recreational running speeds. Um, so in other words, your cadence is very, very similar, no matter what speed you decide to, to plot around at. And uh, what my experience is like and what the, the advice I have for you, we'll talk about in a second. Okay, back in. So you might have seen that on Facebook or um, my social media that I posted yesterday, my cadences um, for different workouts. Uh, well, I used one workout specifically because a couple of weeks ago I did an interval session and it was 6Ks all up, but I had a 1K warm up. Uh, I did intervals. So I did a slow K, then a fast K, then a slow K, then a fast K. And um, when it comes to the actual speeds, so during the fast Ks, I was running at about four minutes per K in terms of pace. So four minute pace, uh, which I calculated is um, six minutes, 26 seconds per mile. And when I did my slow run, uh, for my slow K, it was six minutes per K and that's nine, almost nine and a half minutes per mile. So the discrepancy in speed was quite vast. So I was really trying to tick it up around about a seven out of 10 in terms of like intensity and then back it off to about a three out of 10 intensity. And so I took a snapshot of those speeds, I screenshotted it and put it on social media. But then for that same workout, I also put my cadences uh, throughout that whole entire workout. And you could see that the cadence is like almost exactly the same throughout the entire workout. And it's hovering around 178, something like that. And I've, that's just what I've found. Like this morning, I did a very slow recovery run. So 6Ks and I averaged probably six minutes per K. So that, um, nine minutes, 40 seconds, um, per mile, that sort of pace. And again, cadence was 178 to 180 around there. That's just a cadence that I have found is right for me. And, uh, someone else might have a, a lower cadence as their desired sort of, um, their sort of desired number. But there is something that we need to be cautious of. And this is one of the reasons, one of the key takeaways with today's episode. If you decide to drop your speed and you're finding that you're dropping your cadence, um, as we've seen in some of the Facebook comments, there we want to be careful that we're not running kind of sloppy. We want to make sure we're not running lazy when we drop off our speed. We should still try and be as efficient as we can Um while still maintaining those speeds. So make sure that we're kind of ticking the legs over. I like to use my cueing of pulling my legs through with my hip flexors. Um, so just getting a bit more like that swing phase is a little bit more efficient uh, because we know that it increases glute activation. We know that it levels out your hips. You're kind of still maintaining a good form. And that's really important because if you find that things are getting sloppy, if you find that you're hitting the ground a little bit harder, if you find that you're taking a little bit more time in um, your stance phase and you're sinking down in your mid stance phase, it's accumulating a lot of load through the tendons, a lot of pressure that it doesn't need um, because 
cadence is important. Cadence, if you if you are well below, if you're in those one forties, one fifties, and you notice, uh, and then you all of a sudden change, run at the same speed, but you generate up to one sixties, you're a more efficient runner. And when you're less efficient, it increases the the risk of like high loads through the rest of the body. So we want to be really really careful. Um, going back to your comments that we left on Facebook, um, the the ideal cadence that you have, like your optimal cadence, it should feel easy. It should feel like um, your heart rate definitely shouldn't elevate, and that's what that's where we want to find that right zone. When I was chatting with Dr. Izzy Moore, and she was doing a lot of work around cadence and around someone's optimal cadence, she would have a certain um, lab, she would do some lab testing with a runner where they have a heart rate monitor on. They run on a treadmill. I think they ran with like a 1% incline on the treadmill to sort of mimic outdoor running, but they kept all the variables exactly the same. They kept the, um, on the treadmill, they could like really hone in on the speeds. And then if they kept the speed consistent at their comfortable kind of running pace, they would then manipulate someone's cadence at the same speed and saw what their heart rate did. And when their heart rate was the lowest within that optimal range, that's what, that was their optimal range. So if they're working, say, anywhere between 165 and 180 and they found that their heart rate was lower at 171, that was their optimal cadence. And so this is something that you might want to consider doing, um, some investigating that you might want to consider. But we need to keep the variables very similar so um, these are my tips. So I had three tips written down here, which I've kind of <laughs> talked about. I've just rambled about just then. So tip number one, if you increase your cadence and it elevates your heart rate, make sure that you're not increasing your running speed. A lot of people try and increase their cadence and they find that um, they just run faster. And then they're like, oh, this isn't good at all. Like I'm feeling really inefficient. I'm actually getting more tired, but you've actually just started running faster. It shouldn't really work that way. You should be taking shorter steps, but you shouldn't be increasing your your step length. So um, that's why it's really important that if you wanted to practice, which is my second tip, if you want to practice your cadence and practice increasing your cadence, do it on a treadmill. Do it on a treadmill to start with um, because you can't speed up. You, you'll hit the front of the, the treadmill and that's a, a really nice way to keep the speed absolutely consistent and then you can start manipulating um, your running cadence with metronomes and that sort of thing. My third tip that if you wanted to start manipulating your cadence, if you want to increase your cadence um, and doing it over multiple runs, you want to make sure that all the rest of the conditions are the same. You want to make sure that the weather is the same. You want to make sure that the course, like you want to make sure that it's flat Um, and yeah, it should feel effortless um, because I've just got an example of someone who say they go for a run today and they try to run at 160 cadence um, and then they try a run tomorrow and they try and run at 165. They just feel so much worse, but it's a very hot day. Um, That's changing too many variables and you're not interpreting the data correctly. And so make sure flat ground, make sure it's consistent weather before you start manipulating your cadences and then, yeah, hopefully if you increase your, if you are someone in the low range in the 140s, 150s, and you build it up to say 155 or 160, 
um, it should feel better. You should feel better. You should feel like it's more efficient and you should feel like you can maintain that pace a little bit better. And there is a little bit of a, especially for some runners, there's a little bit of a learning curve. Might take a couple of runs for you to start feeling more natural at that run. Um, I know, let me go back to these comments because I know um, now that we I've kind of highlighted what the evidence shows, that sort of thing. Um, so Stephanie said that it, it seems that if I run faster than 170, it feels unnatural. That could be the case. Maybe 170 is too much for you, uh, but it might just be a little bit of a, a skill, a little bit of a learning experience. So maybe you want to try at 170 and see if it starts to become more natural. Um, see how you go with that. Um, Jesse, the one who was the cadence tanks at about 140, 150 when you're running slow. Again, I'd make sure that you're not running sloppy, not make sure that you're really um, keeping your running efficiency quite high. Um, Damien around his mate who had, who runs at 180 plus and really hits the ground quite hard. I'd just tell them to, some queuing just to run a bit, run a bit softer, run a bit quieter, but still keep the cadence at the same. Um, and Malady, when she was talking about increasing her cadence and then she just felt like she was running faster and just got too exhausting. I'd probably suggest that you practice on a treadmill if you have access to one. Okay. So that's my, um, insights on running speed compared to cadence or cadence compared to speed. Um, hope that was insightful for you. Maybe there's a couple of takeaways or some improvements or somewhere you might want to adjust your cadence. Uh, don't aim for 180. It's not for everyone. Uh, I would find different type of cadences and see which one naturally falls with your most feeling most efficient, feeling most effortless, maybe your heart rate dropping at a certain um, cadence when you run at the same speed and see what works for you. Let me know. Reach out on um, social media, reach out on Facebook and let me know if you've listened to this episode, changed your cadence and how you've gone. That's all for me today, guys. As I sign off, remember, Every new insight brings you one step closer to your next running breakthrough. We'll catch you next time. And that concludes another Run Smarter lesson. I hope you walk away from this episode feeling empowered and proud to be a Run Smarter scholar. Because when I think of runners like you who are listening, I think of runners who recognize the power of knowledge, who don't just learn, but implement these lessons, who are done with repeating the same injury cycle over and over again, who want to take an educated, active role in their rehab, who are looking for evidence-based, long-term solutions and will not accept problematic quick fixes. And last but not least, who serve a cause bigger than themselves and pass on the right information to other runners who need it. I look forward to bringing you another episode and helping you on your Run Smarter path.